And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. It is Wednesday. I think, right? Yeah. The clock is telling me it's Wednesday, so I guess it is. <laughs> it's already been one of those weeks, folks. Anyway, all right. So, welcome, everyone. My name is Jason Hutt. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi For Me. We are live from the bunker. And uh, I, I, if if you didn't get a notification today that we're live on YouTube, and I don't know if Odyssey sends out notifications, I need to check with them and see. Uh, but if you didn't get a notification from YouTube that you know the that thirty minute heads up, it's because I didn't have everything set up in time uh, for it because I didn't know what I was going to talk about until about 20 minutes ago. So we're going to be flying by the seat of our pants today. Uh, give a shout out to everybody who is listening to this show as a podcast instead of a live video. We're on a number of different podcast platforms and I need to actually go over to all of those and double check and make sure the connection is still there. Uh, like I said, we are on uh, YouTube, Odyssey, and Facebook live, so you can join the chat, the conversation there. And if you're here Memorex style, you can still leave a comment. Of course, the feedback line is always open. Email live from the bunker at sci fi for me.com, all the socials and whatnot, plus the Discord, which we're going to be doing a, a lot of stuff in the Discord this year in. Uh, in the year of our Lord, 2023. All right, so <coughs> I mentioned that, uh, that I wasn't quite sure what I was going to talk about today. There was a there was a possibility we were going to look at the Disney stuff, uh, but we're going to do that probably Monday or Tuesday as a as a money edition. I want to bring uh, some people in to discuss that a little bit more thoroughly than I'll be able to do. And uh, tomorrow, uh, i got to send some emails out, but tomorrow we're planning, hoping, to get some people in here to do a panel discussion on the latest developments on the Wizards of the Coast Dungeons & Dragons situation. So, that's the stuff in the works. And then, of course, on Friday we've got Open Line Friday. So, uh, so yeah, busy week. Busy week. Last uh, last night we had a, an HOL podcast. We we're talking about all the different movie trailers that have been coming out here in the last couple of weeks. Things we were looking forward to. And I gotta say, it's in this day and age where the culture war is a is a big heapum deal, and and people take sides, and you have people on the uh, on the center-right, and you have people on the progressive, far-radical left. It's rare when everybody on various different sides agree on this stuff, but it apparently see, seems that uh, it apparently seems that everybody hates Velma. Uh, and Tim Harvey made a point last night, and I think he's right. Velma has been made 
to make you angry. Velma has been made to upset you. And the only, that's that's its only purpose. That's the only reason why it exists, is to tick you off. And we got to talking about this, and I think we're going to expand on this in a, in a, in a, a, a later conversation. And maybe we'll look at it a little bit here, too. <coughs> but, um... It seems like the rage, the rage baiting, and all this other stuff is is continuing to be a thing because hate watching. And I, and, you know, I said yesterday, hate watching is still watching. It's still numbers. And the reason we got Batwoman for three seasons is because of the social media chatter. It didn't have anything to do with making a profit. It didn't have anything to do with making money. It had to do with the the clicks and the chat and you know the chats and the comments and the whatnot. And I think maybe Velma is the same way. <laughs> you had a lot of people tune into that first episode, and it's you know whether they're tuning in because they're really excited about it or they're tuning in because they want to trash it. <coughs> it doesn't matter because yeah. It, 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 it's eyeballs on the product either way, and they don't care if you if you're watching it to hate it or if you're watching it to to praise it. It's numbers. It's watch time. It's hours and minutes and whatnot. And I'm like, guys, guys, don't don't do this. Don't give it oxygen. But anyway. There's that. Also, first episode of The Last of Us uh, came out on Sunday. How many people have watched it? The, the, the comments are a little mixed. You've got people that are... Eh, Batwoman broke ass. <laughs> S is still around. He's still good. He's a survivor. He's a fighter. He'll, he'll prevail. He will do good. Uh, but the first the first episode of The Last of Us came out on Sunday, and people there I've seen I've seen uh, <coughs> excuse me I've seen a number of people comment on this uh, this notion that oh well I I've never played the game I'm not familiar with the game I'm watching the show just as a show and it's and it's not bad it's pretty good it's okay I'm I'm seeing some positive comments about the show from people who are not familiar with the game. And again, we have to draw a distinction between those of us who are paying attention to this stuff and the normies out there, the, the civilians, as it were. The, not necessarily NPCs, because they still, they still participate in this, in this whole thing, and they still spend their money, and they still vote, and all, all this thing. But the people who are not aware of the behind-the-scenes drama, they're not aware of all of the agenda-driven stuff, all the corporate media stuff, every, everything that we pay attention to, they don't know anything about any of that. So when they get on social media and they say, hey, I checked out The Last of Us, it's this new TV show, and, and maybe some of them are looking at it because Pedro Pascal's in it. Because he's the Mandalorian. Let's look at something else that he's done, right? So maybe... There are people that are watching the show have absolutely no idea about what's coming in maybe season two, maybe season three if they go that far. Because based on the second second game, things are going to get a lot different. 
<coughs> but there are people out there saying, you know, I checked out the first episode. It's pretty good. Characters are solid and all this stuff. So if, if the show respects the source material and if the show respects the audience... And I don't have any expectations one way or the other. I haven't. I I don't know the game. I've never played the game. Atari Twenty Six Hundred. I'm going to get a T-shirt. I'm going to get a T-shirt, and I'm going to put on this T-shirt a photograph of my Atari Twenty Six Hundred and my ET game cartridge, and I'm going to say, "This is my peak. This is where I stopped." So I'm like, I don't know this stuff. But if the if the, if the normies out there are are seeing this rather favorably, rather positive, then maybe maybe there's a possibility that it's going to be okay. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. In the meantime, Gabriel Luna, who is also in the uh, the Last of Us. He's saying that he would love to play a particular character in Star Wars. Uh, this uh, Charles Soule posted this. This apparently I don't know where this uh, got posted. Remezkia.com. The Last of Us star Gabriel Luna actively campaigning for this Star Wars role. Uh, he says I'm a big fan of the new of of the new High Republic stuff. There's another great character there that I think might be I might be angling towards. He revealed the character to be Elzar Mann, a Jedi master in the comic book series Star Wars The High Republic. Who wants to tell him? Who wants to tell him? Because if the rumors are true, if Cameron Pasha's information is true, and a lot of these people at Lucasfilm are on the way out past Kathleen Kennedy's exit. If most of the story group is on the chopping block, then there will be no more High Republic, at least as it currently exists. So who knows what's happening with that. By the way, speaking of rumors, have you, have you checked out the... The latest video from the future ruler of the earth. <coughs> if, if it's true. Now, he's reporting it as rumor. And see, and this is the big thing. You've got to continue to make those distinctions. Because if Doomcock is reporting something as rumor, he's making it very clear. This is a rumor. I haven't been able to verify this. It could all blow up in our faces. It's, it's a rumor. You know, people are people are sitting there going, well, so-and-so said, and so-and-so reported, and so-and-so said. We have to be very clear in our reporting of what we know as fact, what people have attested to, witnessed, quotes, whatever. You know, if I say Mark Hamill said something, then I need to back it up with a quote. And I, need, I need to point to a tweet or, a, or an interview or something. But, you know, if, if there are rumors and we report them as rumors... Take everything with a grain of salt. And if anything <coughs> has taught me about the Internet, it's just wait and see because the rest of the story will come out. And this thing has been developing over Indiana Jones 5 over the last couple of two, three years. And Doomcock's got a new video out basically saying that Bob Iger allegedly finally got time to sit down in December around the Christmas holidays and watch Indiana Jones 5. 
And reportedly, according to people in the know, reportedly was not happy at all to the point where he said, I'm not releasing this in its current form. Which is why we get word that there are a lot of reshoots happening and John Williams talking, talking out of turn, John Williams saying we're shooting a new ending and I have to go in and record new music. That implies a new, a, a completely new structure <coughs> because if you're shooting a new ending, you have to build to that ending. You have to have stuff. And, uh, and, and Doomcock's also reporting that Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character is being reduced as far as screen time goes. Now, <coughs> again, this is all rumor. I don't have any inside sources. I would love to have inside sources. And, and I would love to have sources beyond, trust me, bro, beyond, dude, I heard this. Camera Pasta's got some pretty good sources on the inside somewhere. WDW Pro and Valiant Renegade have some people, you know, talking to them. Midnight's Edge, Culture Casino. There, there are people on the inside who are talking to various channels. So when this stuff lines up if different people are hearing the same thing from different sources you got to start thinking well maybe where there's smoke there's fire so we will see we'll we'll figure out uh well i mean we'll see in june one way or the other either james mangold has been lying this whole time or not Either John Williams got it wrong and it was mistaken about shooting a new ending or not. We're going to find out in June. I mean, the proof's in the pudding. Indiana Jones 5 comes out. We're going to know. <coughs> and in three or four years, so 2026, 2027, we'll finally get all of the corporate entertainment media acknowledging whatever conspiracies we had, whatever conspiracy theories and rumors and innuendo and all this other stuff, all of that stuff, whatever turns out to be true, the, cons the, the corporate media will sit there and go, oh, well, we always knew it was that way, right? Because they did that about The Last Jedi. Because pa past a certain point, you know, they get, the, they get the, the fresh date off. We get past that point. Then the, the, the corporate entertainment media can finally acknowledge, well, yeah, The Last Jedi has some problems. Well, yeah, The Rise of Skywalker, not really all that great a movie. Because now it doesn't matter in terms of making money. Now it doesn't matter as far as clickbait goes. And Indiana Jones will be the same way. Velma will be the same way. The Last of Us, if it goes, you know, if the series goes woke and political and ideological and, and, and preachy rant, screed, whatever, three or four years from now, now that we, when we get past the clickbait era, the clickbait time period, the time when we can make money off of this, at some point, if it's bad, the corporate entertainment media will be told, okay, now you can say it's bad. It's just like what what Crowder is talking about when he dropped his video yesterday. A lot of people are talking about who is he talking about when it comes to big conservative media, basically bending the knee to big tech. And, and instead of YouTube censoring us, it's going to be this cons these conservative media conglomerates that are censoring us on behalf of 
the Big Tech. I'm going to be interested to see. I'm going to keep an eye on what Crowder's got going because Crowder is building something, and I think Jeremy at the quartering is involved. <coughs> Maybe. That's a guess. But that's just from, from what Jeremy has said because I know he's helped Crowder in the past. It's going to be um, an interesting 2023, let's say that. Now, speaking of resets, so as I'm saying, I, I, I'm, I'm getting everything together today and trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to talk about? Because if we're going to be putting off the Disney stuff until I can get a, a, a bigger, if I can get a panel together, I want a more substantive discussion about that. Well, I can't talk about Disney today. We're talking about Watsy tomorrow, maybe, hopefully. So what does that leave? Well, I could rehash stuff over and over. I could do a short show. I do not, not a show. You know, I was like, well, no, I need to do a show. We need to do something. And as I'm going through things, setting up and going through looking at social media, I come across this over on Instagram. Cam says, missed the beginning of the show. Well, we're here. We're here, Cam. You can catch up. You can catch up. I, have, we ha I haven't talked about anything really, really substantial yet. We're getting into it right now. Right now. With this. From Heavy Metal Magazine. <coughs> because I was like, okay, what am I going to talk about? And then this this popped across my, uh, my Instagram feed. I was like, well, wait a minute. What is this? A, a message from Heavy Metal's new CEO. Now, I'm my initial thought was... Maybe this has something to do with Watsy because everybody is is having a you know making a statement, making a stink. Everybody's got some kind of a thing that they're going to put out, or maybe this has something to do with pandemic COVID policies or so, you know something. But it turns out not. I am behind on this one apparently because I didn't know any of this stuff was going on. Cam says, was too busy with the news of the new wizard. Too busy with the new wizard's news drop. All right, let me know. Let me know. <coughs> wizard's putting a friendly person to the PR, clarifying what they said before without making the required statement on OGL 1.0. We will. We will take a look. We'll. We'll keep an eye on that. Let's. Uh, let us look into that, as it were. Uh, yeah. So we're we're trying to put together a, pa a panel. Uh, for the Watsy stuff. And there's the link right there in the chat on D&D and Beyond. We'll take a look at that here in a minute. I want to I go through this here real quick. Uh, because this kind of took me by surprise. This is the new CEO of Heavy Metal. And I will admit, I'm behind. There's going to be people that watch this video. This is, how did you miss this? How are you when you weren't paying attention? Well, I'm an old man. And and there's a lot of things going on that we got to pay attention to. So sometimes things kind of slip through. This is the new CEO of Heavy Metal. It says, a message from Heavy Metal's new CEO to all our valued partners, friends, and fans. <clears throat> As the stewards of, an, of a renowned brand that has had a significant impact on cinema, art, literature, and culture for over 40 years, we recognize that we have made mistakes. All right, I want to start I want to start here because there are particular word choices that I think are interesting here. His use of the word steward is 
significant in that if you look at stuff going on over at DC and Marvel and, and the comics industry and Marvel Studios and this stuff, nobody ever talks about stewardship. Nobody ever talks about the fact that the people creating the material now, the Captain America stuff, the Batman stuff, Superman, Wonder Woman, Avengers, Justice League, the people that are writing those stories now are not the people who created these characters. They are not the people who own these characters. They are caretakers of these characters. And the stories that they tell have to <clears throat> line up with the stories that have been told by other caretakers of these characters and stories and groups and whatnot. And you don't get the sense that these people in the comics industry especially, but over in the in the in the gaming industry as well. I mean you look at stuff going on with like Lara Croft and Halo and whatever. They're these these legacy intellectual properties, the stuff that's been around for decades, is not yours, creator. It's not yours, Dan Slott. It's not yours, Mark Wade. It's not yours, Gail Simone. It's not yours, Alex DeCampi. <clears throat> it, it's, it's not yours. I mean, and that can apply to anybody. George Perez, Art T-Bear. Anybody that's worked on, on DC and Marvel, these are legacies that you have now responsibility for taking care of these but they're not yours. And and too many times we get creators blowing up with this sense of entitlement, this sense of ownership, this sense of, well, I'm better than you because I write Captain America, right? Or, 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 or fill in the blank. So the use of the word stewards here, I think, is significant because it it implies a perception of the relationship that the publishers and the staff have with regard to the material being published. And as an, as a, as an extension of that, the relationship that the publishing company has with the, with the fans and the vendors, the artists and the, and the writers and the people who contribute to the magazine. Stewardship is a very significant thing. Stewardship is an important thing. And the use of that word, I think, is significant here. <clears throat> As the new CEO, I'm continuing here. As the new CEO, I'm excited and honored to take on this role, but also aware of the challenges ahead. The brand, its legacy, our team, and all of you deserve better. And I, along with the new team, are committed to delivering that. <clears throat> we recognize that creatives are the lifeblood of our company. They are the reason we exist. Moving forward, Heavy Metal will focus on being a conduit for unfettered creativity, providing support for your exploration, and a platform for reaching the world without boundaries or restrictions. We want to hear your stories, see your art, and empower you to create without limits. This is, uh, this is significant as well because this basically says, okay, within the boundaries of our publication, and I'm sure there's going to be some rules involved, but heavy metal pushes the envelope a little bit, or they have in the past. This basically says the creators, the writers, the artists are the important ones, and we want to make sure that you have a forum that you can create without a whole lot of hand-holding, restrictions, rope around your neck, or whatever, right? 
this is this is to me I, this is how I'm reading it again I'm on the outside looking in on this I'm I'm playing catch up today so I'm reading this is my first impression reading this thing through <laughs> excuse me uh, heavy metal publishing will publish a wider range of stories and content that pushes boundaries fearlessly. Does that mean that they're rejecting woke agendas, political agendas, ideological agendas? That's that's a that's a question that I have here. When he says we're going to push boundaries fearlessly, heavy metal has done that. But what does that mean in current year? <clears throat> All right, continuing. Additionally, we're implementing a more transparent creator portal to improve communication with all our partners. That's a good thing. I can see that that being a benefit. To all of our fans, including those who have remained loyal to us and those whom we have disappointed, we want you to know that we deeply value your support and contributions to the legacy of our brand. We are committed to doing better for you and enhancing your experience with heavy metal in new and exciting ways while staying true to our roots. You can expect increased engagement with our community, greater emphasis on timely delivery, that's been a problem in the past, I hear, and improved products that you will be proud to own. The journey ahead is only meaningful if you join us on it. This is, this is a good letter. <coughs> from a marketing standpoint, from a... From a PR standpoint, I, I, I think I'm going to have to get uh, get Judah Engelmeyer to take a look at this. Because this, to me, is a good letter. This says, yes, we've made mistakes. We're going to own our mistakes. We're going to fix our mistakes. And at the heart of it is the legacy of the brand and the relationship that the brand has with the customers. And that's important, especially in this day and age when so many companies get this wrong. I mean, you look at the, the non-apology apology that Wizards of the Coast put out on Friday. Yeah, well, I guess we rolled a one, but we're still going to do this, and we always intended, I mean, there was a lot of spin, there was a lot of backpedaling, there was a lot of reframing the thing. This letter doesn't do any of that. This letter sits there and goes, all right, we screwed up. New, new game in town, new sheriff in town, new team in town, we're going to do better. They're making a commitment here, and he's putting it in writing. We're making a commitment here to make a better product for our customers. Somebody saw the writing on the wall, it seems. So, all right. <clears throat> Finishing this out. There are many reasons to be enthusiastic about the future. The new leadership brings a desire to rebuild and a commitment to allowing creators to do their best work. The team is reinvigorated and passionate about what they do. Heavy Metal Studios, our emerging TV and film studio, is poised to break through barriers in the entertainment industry. Additionally, we have a variety of exciting new products and intellectual property that we are confident will excite our audience. Our management team will continue to have some familiar faces. Tommy Cariali will remain our head of studio. Chris Longo remains our chief sales officer and now serves as interim publisher. Jamie Penrose has assumed the role of chief operating officer, and Joe Durko uh, fills the critical role of chief restructuring officer and chief financial officer. I'm here to listen and learn from you all, and, I'm, and I open my inbox for you to reach out to me. Uh, if you would like to be part of the exciting road ahead as we rebuild heavy metal together. Kudos. 
this is a this is a good letter. Kudos to Marshall Lee, uh, Lee's Marshall Lee's new CEO of Heavy Metal, because this basically says, yes, we have a mess to clean up. We've made mistakes, and apparently this goes back quite a ways. And again, sorry, I didn't notice it. I didn't pay attention to it. I, it wasn't on my radar. <coughs> I'm like, what is going on over at Heavy Metal? So I start doing a, doing a little bit of, of back and forth, and somebody mentions the article in Variety. Now, I, I've signed up. I'm supposed to get alerts from Variety about this stuff. And I don't know, I don't recall getting any kind of an alert when this when this article got published. This is in, uh, this is in, in... Variety Magazine, January 17th. So this is yesterday. This is, this is all just happening. Heavy Metal Magazine CEO Matthew Medney steps down. <clears throat> uh, step down right. He is set to be replaced by myth founder Marshall Lees. Jamie Penrose will stay on as chief operating officer. The company, best known for its self-titled 1981 adult animated sci-fi film, which was produced by Ivan Reitman and Leonard Mogul, has in recent years looked to move back into film and television content and exploited vast library of IP. Last year, the company signed a significant deal with Range Media Partner. Okay, why are we talking about all the film and TV stuff? I know it's variety, but you look at the you look at the letter from Marshall Lee's. There's one sentence in here about the film and TV stuff. One sentence. This this to me is significant because I know I know Variety is a Hollywood trade publication and they're going to be concentrating on that. But I don't get the impression from this letter from Marshall Lee's that film and TV is going to be the big thing that they're focused on at least in the beginning when they're trying to fix the problems that they've had internally. But Variety leads with the film and TV stuff. <clears throat> Uh, in recent months, there have been concerns regarding the company's financial state. In December, Publishers Weekly reported Heavy Metal had temporarily suspended payments to vendors and was undergoing an internal restructure. In a company-wide memo sent at the end of last year, seen by Variety, Midney wrote, now this is the former CEO, We all know cash is a concern right now. That is not something any of the executives have ever hidden from the group, but I promise you all we're working tirelessly eight days a week to cure this concern and to set us all up for success. So he's so new CEO goes is is out or, or old CEO is out, new CEO is in. And as much as I <clears throat> am loath to quote bleeding cool, there are a number of, of articles with regard to heavy metal. There was a complaint from Claudio Alvarez and Geraldo Borges, apparently uh, they were uh, they were surprised to find their comic book got published in Heavy Metal's Italy edition, and apparently that was done without their permission. There's a company called Whatnot Publishing that started collaborating with Heavy Metal to start publishing uh, things for Heavy Metal, try to get them back on track. So, uh, and then this is from uh, Comics Beat. Heavy Metal is catching up on invoicing o over the holidays. This was from. Uh, December 20th, Heidi McDonald, <coughs> who's part of the Whisper Network. So this this has been going on for a while. Uh, here's, here's this article here from Heidi. As news of Aftershock Comics bankruptcy filing spread yesterday, news has also been breaking 
that heavy metal is also under, undergoing a reorganization after missing some payments to creators. <coughs> the company, which has a long legacy of publishing in the U.S., earlier this year announced a partnership with Twitch Meets eBay auction company Whatnot that saw Whatnot taking over printing and other administrative functions and the debut of Whatnot Publishing brand. However, rumors of slow payments from heavy metal had been spreading of late, and people who wrote the company inquiring about payments received a response from new CFO and Chief Restructuring Officer and Corporate Secretary Joseph Durko, who said that payments were on hold. Durko's website lists him as a business and management consultant, so the company seems to have a firm hand at the tiller, one from very much outside the comics industry. And sometimes that's what you need. you got to have somebody who doesn't know the comics industry because there are a lot of people in comics in the comics business who don't understand business and you look at <coughs> excuse me you look at some of the stuff going on at Warner Brothers Discovery right now with David Zaslav coming in and you have the Treon group pushing to get uh, their guy Pelts on the board at the Walt Disney Company and that's turning into a big proxy war that's going to go on for months and, you know, we've got the quarterly earnings call in February. That's going to be a lively discussion, I imagine, during the Q&A. Um, I, I almost, I almost want to buy a share of Disney just so I can ask questions in the, in the shareholder Q&A session. And that's, that's going to be a long, drawn-out battle. Uh, because apparently, according to reports, Bob Chapek isn't the only one that was a target. You know, now that Susan Arnold is out... Christine McCarthy might be the next head on the chopping block. And as we're finding out, it apparently goes even deeper. Uh, Ike Pearl, <laughs> excuse me, Ike Perlmutter has been involved in this stuff. Nelson Peltz, of course, being the, the chief of the, of the Tran group, which has made this 30-page PowerPoint that says, Disney's in trouble. And Disney did it to themselves. And here's how Disney can fix it. But we have to have a seat at the table because we know how to fix this. And it's turning it's it's turning rather ugly. <clears throat> All right, we're gonna take a real quick break. Let me get uh, let me get this link up here about the D and D stuff. We'll take a look at that on the other side of this. Stand by. Live from the bunker, we have the power. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio. So, um, <laughs> it's funny that you should ask that. It's a great question. That is an awesome question. When you need to know, count on Sci-Fi for Me to be there asking all of the questions. It's a good question. It's <laughs> a great question. Interviews with writers, filmmakers, artists, and actors. I don't think I answered any of your questions. I'm bringing you news and opinion from all over the web. Sci-Fi for Me, delivering the multiverse since 2009. Good morning, multiverse. Saturday morning at 11, 10 Central, only on Sci-Fi for Me TV. All right, back live from the bunker. Jason Hunt here, along with all of you who are with us. Live or via Memorex. <clears throat> I do want to emphasize and uh, and reiterate 
my invite here to get into the Discord server because we're going to be doing stuff with it. There's some lively conversations going on over there right now. I would like for that to continue. We'll see what kind of resource Discord turns out to be because we go through it at the end of the year and it turns out to be just kind of a whole lot of nothing. We may do something different. But right now, we're leaning into the Discord uh, and I hope that proves to be a successful resource for us in terms of connecting with all of you and each other. So we'll see about that what we can see all right so uh as i said we're working we're working right now to put together a panel to talk about the the wizards of the coast stuff and i i'm i'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this today because i don't want to as they say shoot the wad uh before we get the panel uh but cam gives us a link here to a new a new post uh this is an hour ago from Wizards of the Coast, D&D and Beyond, or D&D Beyond is what they're calling it. This is Kyle Brink <clears throat> introducing himself. And when you get a new PR guy, it kind of is an indication that maybe the old P PR guy wasn't quite, quite uh, up to snuff. We saw this with... Um, Last year, was it last year? June? Was it last year or was it year before last? How, how long does it go? When I did my interview with Ernie Gygax and the subsequent kerfuffle over there, the new TSR, whoever they had in charge of their social media was a terrible choice and handled everything badly. And I, and I sat there and I really want to reach out and just like, Dude, stop talking. Shut up. You are not making things any better at all. As a matter of fact, you're making it worse. You are digging a hole so far deep that you're going to end up in China. You've got to stop. Just stop. Just stop. Well, Wizards of the Coast did their statement on Friday. We rolled a one. We're going to try to reorganize. Of course, it was just a draft. And of course, we sent it out to everybody just... Just to see what everybody's feedback would be, uh, this isn't the final thing. <coughs> and, of course, they've been called out on this because, uh, apparently, some of the publishing, some of the third-party publishing companies have come out and said, no, this was a contract that you sent out and said you've got to sign it by, the, by X date, uh, January 15th. This was not presented as a draft, according to people on the inside. However... We're moving past that and see what the next round of, uh, of PR sweeps are. So here's this, uh, here's this blog, and I imagine we'll talk about this tomorrow, too. <coughs> uh, and I may, I may see if, uh, if Judah can come in and talk about it um, on, on the PR front. Because Judah Inglemeyer over at Herald PR, they handle crisis public relations. There's something bad what happened. How do we talk about it? How do we get out of... The mess we're in, and his company is very, very instrumental in doing stuff like that. <clears throat> All right, from the blog. Hi, I'm Kyle Brink, the executive producer on D&D. It's my team that makes the game we all play. Is this still the game we all play? After this weekend? After all the cancellations? Is this still the game we all play? <coughs> 
D&D has been a huge part of my life long before I worked at Wizards and will be for a long time after I'm done. My mission and that of the entire D&D team is to help bring everyone the creative joy and lifelong friendships that D&D has given us. These past days and weeks have been incredibly tough for everyone. Okay, sure. As players, fans, and stewards of the game, there's that word again, there's that word again. As players, fans, and stewards of the game, we can't and we won't let things continue like this. Now, there's there's a gauntlet getting ready to get thrown there, sounds like. I'm, I'm reading this for the very first time, folks, so just bear with me here, because I'm going to react same in, in real time like you. <clears throat> I'm here today to talk about a path forward, he writes. First, though, let me start with an apology. We are sorry. We got it wrong. Our language and requirements in the draft OGL were disruptive to creators and not in support of our core goals of protecting and cultivating an inclusive play environment. <sighs> There's that word inclusive. <clears throat> and limiting the OGL to tabletop RPGs. We've, then we compounded things by being silent for too long. Yes, I'll agree on that. We hurt fans and creators when more frequent and clear communications could have prevented so much of this. Starting now, we're going to do this a better way, more open and transparent with our entire community of creators, with the time to iterate, to get feedback, to improve. If this sounds familiar, it's because it's how we do it for the game itself, so let's do it that way for the OGL too. We'll listen to you, and then we'll share with you what we've heard, much like we do in our Unearthed Arcana and 1D&D playtests. This will be a robust conversation before we release any future version of the OGL. Here's what to expect. <clears throat> Number one, on or before Friday, January 20th, that's coming up here in a couple of days, we'll share new proposed OGL documentation for your review and feedback, much as we do with playtest materials. <clears throat> Number two, after you review the proposed OGL, you will be able to fill out a quick survey, much like Unearthed Arcana Playtest Feedback Surveys. It will ask you specific questions about the document and include open form fields to share any other feedback you have. Y'all, if, if you fill out that feedback, I mean, he's asking for feedback here. This is, this is a genuine, it seems to be a genuine solicitation for feedback. Be constructive here, all right? This is not a place where you sit there and go, Well, you don't do that. That doesn't help. All right? That gets their back up and they and and the, and it turns into something that it sh that doesn't doesn't need to be. <clears throat> all right? We don't need a foul filth of foul of foul and how dare you and shake your finger. Don't that's not the place. You know, this is they're asking for feedback. Give them feedback. If you say, if okay, if this is the if this is the game you want to play, and if you want to do this the same way as you do all these play tests, then okay, I'm going to tell you what I think, and do it in a way that is relatively polite and civil. Okay, you can say what you think, but. Don't stoop to the level of the gutter to try to get your point across. That's all I'm saying. We have to be better. And, and I'm not saying fans have been bad. 
I'm saying when we get an opportunity to provide feedback, we sit there and say, okay, this is what I think will help the game. This is what I think will help the OGL. All right? Be real about this stuff. <clears throat> Hi, Bianca. Hi, Sci-Fi Snob. Good to see you there. <clears throat> All right. Now, number three. And I'm told number three is the, is the big one. The survey will remain open for at least two weeks and will give you advance notice before it closes so that everyone who wants to participate can complete the survey. Then we will compile, analyze, react to, and present back what we've heard from you. Okay, that's fair. I, oh, leaving something open for a long while and not putting any kind of a closure date on it, you're just going to get stragglers in and then you're going to get data that, stro that strolls in there the last minute and it's not going to be helpful. You've got, if you're, if they, that says we're going to do, we're going to have a timetable on this stuff. Okay. I, that's, oh, bullet point third from the, all right, we'll, we, we get there, we'll get there, we'll get there. <clears throat> I misunderstood, Cam. Hold on. I'm getting there. Finally, you deserve some stability and clarity. We're committed to giving creators both input into and room to prepare for any update to the OGL. Also, there's a ton of stuff that isn't going to be affected by an OGL update, so today, right now, we'll lay out all the areas that this conversation won't touch. Any changes to the OGL will have no impact on at least these creative efforts. Okay, so <clears throat> they're, they're, they're defining some parameters here. So let's see what they're let's see what they've got as hands off with regard to OGL 1.1. Uh, your video content, whether you're a commentator, streamer, podcaster, live playcast member, or other video creator on platforms like YouTube and Twitch and TikTok, you have always been covered by the Wizards fan content policy. The OGL doesn't and won't touch any of this. Okay, that seems pretty straightforward enough. Uh, next point, your accessories for your owned content. No changes to the OGL will affect your ability to sell minis, novels, apparel, dice, and other items related to your creations, characters, and worlds. Okay, so you can sell what you create. Let's say if I, if I, if I create a brand new character out of whole cloth and I'm going to put that character on a t-shirt and I'm going to sell it to you, they're saying that I can go ahead and keep doing that. Well, thank you very much. This doesn't say anything about whether or not they're going to want a piece of it. But they're not going to prevent me from selling my original material on, on merch. Okay, good. <clears throat> Non-published works, for instance, contracted services. You use the OGL if you want to publish your works that reference 5th edition content through the SRD. That means commissioned work, paid DM services, consulting, and so on, aren't affected by the OGL. They're clarifying, to me, and again, to me, it seems like they're clarifying that there are certain relationships, financial relationships that you, that you have as a creator that go through a different process that's not OGL related, and this new OGL is not going to touch that. Okay, <clears throat> got it. VTT content. Any updates to the OGL will still allow any creator to publish content on VTTs, and will still allow VTT publishers to use OGL content on their platform. What's what's video? What's VTT? Somebody, <coughs> somebody's gonna have to update the old man. Uh, I need I need my I need my virtual tabletop. Oh, okay, okay, I got you, I got you. Why would anybody be playing a tabletop game virtually? I just it, this is a tabletop game, pen and paper. 
minifigures, map. Spread it out on the table, right? Why would you do it virtually? <clears throat> I it not uh, all right. <sighs> DMs Guild content. The content you release on DMs Guild is published under a community content agreement with Dungeon Masters Guild. This is not changing. Your OGL 1.0A content. Nothing will impact any content you've published under OGL 1.0A. That will always be licensed under OGL 1.0A. Your revenue. There will be no royalty or financial reporting requirements. That's, that's good. Your ownership of your content. You will continue to own your content with no license back requirements. Okay. Um, <clears throat> okay, so 6th edition is vertical. Okay. Um, have, not, will. What are you saying, have, not, will? Let's see here. Uh, on which, on which one? <coughs> I don't see a have. Oh, the vir on the virtual content? We'll still allow creator publishing, and we'll still allow publishers. I don't. I don't see. They're saying OGL for past publications will be okay, not for future non-published works. Um, okay. So nothing. You're anything that they publish. Well, that makes sense. I mean, anything that published, anything that was published under the old license, is. Old, old license. I mean, that's already created and done, and, and if you made any money off of it, you made money off of it, and, and and it's still covered under that license. But yeah, I would say that anything new moving forward, whatever this new license is going to look like, it would cover any of the new stuff. But they're saying here, it if I'm reading this right, 1.1 will not be made retroactive to grandfather in all the everything that's made under 1.0 a is going to be grandfathered in and it'll still be okay because it'll be covered under the previous license and the kind of like i guess kind of like the difference between the old testament and the new testament right the old testament still exists and the old testament still applies to certain things but the new testament kind of took it place took its place the new testament was like okay this is the new deal that we're going to be making here god says right so 1.1 is kind of the New Testament of Watsy. I hate sound. I hate to say that. That sounds a little, a little, not really blasphemous, but eh, you get you get the point, right? This is this is the new covenant. This is the new deal, right? Um, Kyle says that's all for that's all from me for now. You'll hear again from us on or before Friday, as described above. We look forward to the conversation. All right, so. Uh, they're blocking future use of old content. I don't see that they're going to be. I don't. I don't see anything here that would indicate they're going to be blocking the use of old content. Um, nothing will impact any content you have published under OGL 1.0 that will always be licensed under 1.1. So that nothing will impact any content. You're talking about this one right here about you about UGL. OGL 1.1.0A, right? <clears throat> Nothing will impact any content you've published under OGL 1.0. There'll always be licensed under OGL 1.0A. Well, yeah, if if 
you publish something new and there's a new OGL in place that I would expect the, the new OGL to cover it, not the old OGL. Which means if you're going to publish anything new, you better get it done now while, while 1.0a is still in, in, in effect, right? I, I mean, if, if they change, if they're changing, basically the change of the terms of service, if that's going to be the thing, <clears throat> well, yeah, it's designed to be irrevocable. 1.0 is designed to be irrevocable. And they're saying here, it, again, I'm on the outside looking in. I'm looking at this for the first time. If 1.0a was supposed to be irrevocable, meaning that it doesn't, it doesn't change and you can't take it away, this sounds like there's going to be a, a, a second license. Uh, what was the one? Free League yesterday? Uh, we got a link. Uh, Christopher pointed, pointed out. They're putting in, they're saying that Free League has two different OGLs that they're going to be putting out. And this one will cover this and this one will cover that. I'm wondering if that's, that's the question. The, will, well, okay, so let me ask this because I'm, I'm again... I don't know any of this stuff, and, and this is this is why I want to have some people in here that actually know and can read all this stuff through. <clears throat> and if we get a new draft on Friday, we need to pick that apart as well. But let me ask this: All right, so if I if I create a a, a game module or some kind of an additional thing under the 1.0, and if I want to continue using that, if I'm reading this right then the stuff that I already published under 1.0, if I want to add to that, that's still within the parameters of that box, right? I guess that's the question, is whether or not I can add to something I've already created under 1.0. I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see what the new draft looks like. Uh, Cam thinks that's what they're circling around. Maybe. <coughs> yeah, and that's the other question, Stop, You're right. Is is the other the other question? If you make, if you publish something under the OGL 1.0 a few years ago, can you keep selling it once the new license is in effect? If I'm reading this right, and I'm not a lawyer, I don't play one on TV, If I and this is not a legal document either, but if I'm reading this right, it says here that no, it says nothing will impact any content you have published under OGL 1.0. So I would, I would take that to mean that if you publish something under 1.0, you can keep, you can keep selling whatever it is that you publish because it's already been published in the under the old license, right? Because it goes here about the revenue. It says there will be no royalty or financial reporting requirements. Basically, meaning we're not gonna we're not gonna look at what you sell. We're not gonna look at how much you 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 make. But again, this is a PR document. This is this is the mea culpa. This is the second mea culpa, which I think is telling. But they sit there and say, you know, at least they didn't try to get cute and say we rolled a one. And they, we made a mistake. <clears throat> so, I don't know. Um, Cam thinks it's intentionally avoiding the actual core point. Well, it could be. It could also be that this is the opening. Uh, the you know we'll move this piece out. This is the opening trial balloon. Let's see what kind of reaction they get from this, <clears throat> and then from that reaction, maybe this is a okay. Look at this as a PR playtest, maybe, right? Let's put this out. 
with the new guy, right? They're presenting this Kyle, this Kyle Brink as the new guy, right? He's, he's a new voice in the conversation. And instead of some generic PR flunky written thing, it's actually Kyle is, is writing this. Whether he did or not, they're putting his name on it. And they're sitting there saying, okay, we want to hear from you. We're going to do this. These are the commitments that we're making. What if, and I don't have any idea, what if this is the first test? This is the first play test. Let's see what people, what people's response is to this between now and Friday. And we'll make our adjustments and then whatever it is that we put out on Friday will address some of this. And maybe whatever comes out on Friday will address these big questions that it looks like they're avoiding on how much how much how much do we change how much do we keep how much are you able to do under the new license versus the old license there's still a lot of questions to be had and that's why i'm saying when you go in and fill that form out if they're asking if they're if they're deliberately on purpose soliciting your feedback those are the questions to be asked hey what if what happens if this happens what happens to x if y what do I do in this situation? How, how are you handling this? What's your policy going to be on? And structure it, structure your feedback in a business-like manner, whether you're in business or not. But most of you, any of you that are doing, doing third-party stuff, if you're doing any kind of content creation, approach it as the entrepreneur that you are and say, all right, I have this product. It's done this way through the, through the 1.0. How will it be affected by 1.1? What happens if this happens plus this happens? So we'll see. Maybe. I don't know. But, you know, in the meantime, <coughs> they have to be looking at this mass exodus of players and creators that are, that are leaving D&D and saying, oh, we're going to just go do our own thing. And they're looking at the bottom line. They're looking at the cancellations of the subscription money. And that's what this is about. It's money. Whether whether it's whether it's you know subscription money or product sales or licensing fees or movie deals or whatever. Right? You've got these Microsoft people coming in saying monetization. And some people are saying at some point we're gonna see microtransactions. Which is a bad idea. Bad idea. But it's in line with how do we milk the cash cow for everything that we can get? And that could be part of it. And I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that the... See... The, I hate... I, I, I find it ironic... A bit. I find it ironic that I'm not the one that's the most cynical one in the room. And again, this is an outsider perspective. I haven't played D&D since I was 12. So, you know, I'm, I'm not... Uh, I, guess, I guess part of it, too... <clears throat> there's, there's a couple of things in play, I think. One, it's, you know... Plan for the worst, hope for the best, expect reality to land in the middle, right? We're, we're making all of these assumptions. And in the, last, the last 
10 years or so, we have learned and we have been conditioned to be so, so cynical and so negative about all of this stuff. Anything that, that comes out, there's this automatic reflex, I hate it, <clears throat> and it, it, could be, it could be justified. I'm not saying anybody's wrong here. Be clear about that. I don't know enough about the history of all of this stuff going back because I'm, I'm second edition. I'm way back in D&D. I haven't kept up on this stuff at all. I, I'm TSR D&D, right? <laughs> I hate new things. Get off my lawn. I'm, <coughs> we have talked about doing a bit. Uh, Mr. Harvey and I have talked about doing a bit on the lawn. Uh, so be, be, uh, be looking for that. Cam says, I'm taking bets. No real money. Just I told you so points. And, and it could very well be. That's, that could very well be. And and Pathfinder, you know, you mentioned you mentioned Pathfinder. It could it could be that that you know whatever whatever it was that Paizo put out last week, that has had an effect too. There's been a scramble. There's obviously been something going on internally, where they sat there and went, "Oh crap, this didn't go the way we were supposed to go." Now I don't think they're afraid. <clears throat> But there's somebody in the executive level kind of tapping on the on the on the desk saying, hey, what's going on here? Because we still haven't heard from Hasbro on all of this stuff in terms of the PR type stuff. Uh, Christopher says free league is revamping and reintroducing Dragon Bane vintage RPG from Sweden. That was a direct competitor to D&D back in the day. OK, so let me ask this. Because I have not heard of Free League up until prior to yesterday. And I'm just now hearing about Dragon Bane today. And, and we can get into this a little bit more in, in depth when we do the panel. Uh, is Dragon Bane using any elements from 1.0? Because there would, be our, there would be our thing. If they're coming back and they're saying, we're going to sell Dragon Bane again. If it's based on 1.0, then there's your test case of what they feel like they can sell moving forward. I don't know. It, 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 we'll keep an eye on this. Like I said, we're, we're putting some, some emails out, some invitations for uh, panel discussion on this. And when that happens, hopefully tomorrow. If not, it'll be, it'll be next week. We're going to try to put this thing together. But uh, regardless of when it happens, once we have it all set and scheduled then we will make sure to let everybody know. So go ahead and connect with us on all of the different social media channels. Whatever social media platform is, uh, is your, your preferred method, whether it's the usual crowd or the alt, the alt tech crowd, any of those, you don't have to follow us on all 10. But also join us over on Discord. The link's there, and, and I guess, I don't know, I haven't seen Death Angel Shadow in there today. He usually is the one to put the... the uh, the link in there but you can find the link in our show notes in the in the video description and uh over on the podcast the no, the the episode description there's a subscribe star thing there's a newsletter you can sign up for uh check all that out and don't forget tomorrow i <coughs> uh, don't forget tomorrow we've got a new discussion on the ranker pit tomorrow night thank you cam cam put the discord link in there 
Uh, Ranker Pit tomorrow night, Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central. We'll be talking about uh, the last two ep- this week's episode and last week's episode of The Bad Batch, plus all the stuff that's been going on behind the scenes over at uh, the Walt Disney Company and Lucasfilm, Lucasfilm especially. We're going to be talking about Cameron Pasha's report. And uh, we might touch a little bit on Indy 5, but probably not that much. But there's there's that going on tomorrow. And then on uh, Saturday, of course, Good Morning Multiverse, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central. So join us for that as well. That's it for today, folks. Thanks very much for being here. Don't forget, we do have memberships open now. So you can join the channel. Join. Be a part of us. Come. Join. Join us. We'll see what happens. All right. <laughs> Find us on Discord. Go go jump in the Discord server. Let you know, let us know what you think. And we'll be back tomorrow. Remember, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of SciFiForMe.com. Copyright 2023 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 